Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name is Dylan Blight, and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder is Kieran Marchant. Hey everybody, here to talk about some raccoon testicles. <laughs> wow, I just went there. Um, also, Ashley Hobley. Hey, excited to be here because this movie was a lot. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. Um, so, today's movie is Pompoko, directed by Asaya Takahata. It... The writing credits were interesting because it credited Hayao Miyazaki as an idea and then Takahata <laughs> as the script. So that's quite good. I appreciate Japanese culture of crediting people for fucking ideas. Um, main cast, Shin, Shinsho Konti, Makoto no, Nonomuro, Yukiro Yoshida, Nori Miki, Nijoko Kikugawa, Shigeru Izumiya, Genzo Zuki Ashia Takahiro Murata. And this is one of those hard weeks again. Uh, it was released in... I don't think that's right. Did I update that? Was that right? I don't think that's right. 1994 I've read here, but that sounds wrong. No, that's right. Looking at it. That is right? Okay, fine. No, that was weird. Anyway, I thought it was further down the... Um, I thought it would be like further into the 90s by now, but a lot of these early Ghibli movies are just fucking coming out on top of each, each other, aren't they? It's, it's crazy time. Yeah. Uh, synopsis for this movie. A community of magical, shape-shifting raccoon dogs struggle to prevent their forest home from being destroyed by urban development. And if that isn't a synopsis for anything, then I don't know what, what the world is about. So, Ash... You sounded like you had a lot to say because you said this is a lot, so you can go first. Overall thoughts on this movie. All right. Uh, to start off with, did, had you guys seen this? Did you know anything about this going no. in? No. No. I knew what I knew that it was about raccoons, but like I'd seen the I'd seen the poster before. I'd never watched the movie though. Yes, I I happened to see like the image prior to starting the film was the raccoons in it. They do the walking thing. I thought it was going to be more about humans versus raccoons. This. It's kind of a weird, bonkers movie. Uh, it is, it's kind of like a mockumentary, kind of, uh, in the sense that it's told in like a documentary esque format. Um, I, I liked it, but it is, <laughs> it is like dense as anything. Like you know, you it's like hundred nineteen minutes, or whatever. But it feels like yeah. it feels longer. <laughs> Just because they cram so many different things in, um, it's animated amazingly. Switching the different styles of the raccoons or tanukis, as uh, Dylan would prefer us to recall them throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, it's fun. Uh, the story kind of goes here, there, everywhere, but that's I think that's because of the structure of the, the documentary style. I get the feeling that uh, uh, Miyazaki, the reason he's credited for idea is he like dared him to do the story like hey i dare I think you to make, just on some good weed <laughs> i dare you to make a two-hour documentary about tanukis 
By the way, this is right before we start recording. I'm like, I looked it up and they, they actually are Tanukis. I, said, I was saying it to Ash before we started recording. Because I'm like, in this, in the movie, even though like the subtitles just say raccoon, it, it just says that because of us being the, uh, we don't know, like yeah. Tanuki wouldn't make sense here. However, in, you know, original release, they are Tanukis, which is, as, as the description says, raccoon dogs that, Japan has. They're just a version of raccoons, though. But how the, the important thing about calling them tanukis, though, is because it's important to uh, Japan because they have like a a belief that tanukis could be these like transforming things. like that. So they're not like normal sh- American raccoons that we see in other movies. Pan. They're trash pet. Yeah, they're different. So yeah. Uh, Kieran, did you like the movie? How do you feel about it? Um. Look, this movie, I sh- I should have going into it in the first like five ten minutes. I was like, you know what, this sort of cool, interesting kind of you know vibe about it. There's raccoons shape shifting. There's like this feudal war going on between two lots of raccoons. This is really, um, I didn't love it. It was, I think dense is the perfect word for it. And it was, it just for me, it was all over the place. And I just like for two hours for a runtime. I remember looking at my phone at one point and only 45 minutes had gone by and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Okay, I guess this is what we're, it's in for. Because I, I knew how the how long the runtime was going into it. Um, I really like the art design. I love the character designs. I think it's trying to tell too many stories at once. It would randomly jump to this. Like what I would, I would establish that this is the main character of what they're trying to tell. But then it would bounce through so many different stories and there'd be times where I would look down at my phone for some reason and then like there was one point where one of the characters was wrapped up in bandages and I was like, how the hell did that happen? What did they got I- got trampled on. Oh, yeah. okay. No, no, they were right. celebrating. They were throwing him up and down the air and then they didn't catch yeah. him, I think is what happened. Right. No, 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 because the, the TV was like, oh, no, it's failed. And then they all trampled on him to rush to the TV. Oh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I just completely missed that. And I was so confused. I think there was a number of moments in this where I was just bemused by just how did we get to this part of the story or where did we go or how did we get here? And then I think later in the- story they introduce more raccoons they introduce like the shape-shifting elders from the other places yeah, and the that, three elders like the three elders and then one of those elders becomes more of a main character for the rest of the mockumentary and it's just i'm like okay there's a lot going on in this movie this piece and i think it was just a little bit too much for me i would i would say i thought it was okay like i, I never loved it or hated it it, it was fine I think I the parts I enjoyed the most was there are several funny scenes and it's quite comedic, I guess, this one. And in fact, my favorite, when I get to like favorite moment, moment my favorite moments aren't even with any of the main characters. It was just another weird thing that happened. Um, but all that stuff I really enjoyed. And as you all pointed out, the designs, like how they just switch to and fro, like animation is top notch all there and stuff. But I th- I think the reason I couldn't enjoy it a lot, if I'm like kind of transition into like sort of thematic breakdown here, because I th- I think one of the big themes, outside the the very obvious one, is it has a lot of like Japanese folklore, culture, whatever, like that whole group of stuff in it, and all of that is going over my head. I assume. I think like a lot of these, you know, at the end where they have like they like have all these. Sp- ghosts and whatever else mm-hmm. appearing and all these Spectres symbols and stuff, yeah. i'm like i'm like all of this 
surely has important meaning, meaning beyond what here. the fuck I'm looking at. Because I'm just like, oh, spooky thing. But I can almost guarantee that a lot of that would have a lot more meaning to people in Japan. And here I am just sitting over here in Australia being like, um, I don't okay. understand, you know, whatever. And even just the general premise of this movie, like the the Tanuki, the transforming raccoon, like being that like a, a folklore type thing from Japan, even then, even though I, I understand the basis of it, I don't have the living there understanding why that's a thing. Or you know what I mean? So uh, this this movie more so than any of the previous ones, I think. And even though that, even though we talked about before, how like, oh, surely if you live there, this would make more sense or whatever else. Like, I really do feel like this was the most heavy. You would get more appreciation out of this if you were from Japan. Or I think out of any of the movies so far, very of the time. I think it almost would be used as an educational piece to their not educational, but like kind of a moral teaching for people of the time in the nineties where Japan was flourishing and continuing to expand and trying to remind people of the the nature and what their uh, evolution in technology is doing to the nature around them. Even um, even that though, like, so if you want to go to like the environmental, which I, th- I would also say this movie kind of wears its main uh, theme on its, you know, on the front of its fucking face here straight away. It's like, it's obviously about environment more so yeah. than all the a bunch of other ghibli movies we've talked about has that, that thing. kind of stuff yeah yeah but other movies have had that theme but we've had to be like oh like i think it's, it's this subtle, or whatever yeah, yeah it's a lot right. more stuff. this, this movie's like way very more much, on the nose yeah way more on the nose and that's because it's an um integral part of the plot two of our characters yeah. trying to save their forest but it's it's not just like oh you should cut you should start cutting down stop cutting down trees like save the forest it's it's not like full that it the, the message of the movie becomes you have to learn to live um, in harmony. communally. Yeah, in, in harmony. And and literally the start of the movie is like, we used to all live happy together. Like they would, um, we were happy with the humans. And now they, but, and then the plot becomes about, well, the humans want too much now. And then the raccoons swing that way as well. And they want too much. They want to fucking kill them all of a sudden, you know? And like, and by the end of the movie, they have to try and find this middle ground. And that's sort of the point of the movie. But even that, and like the, the base premise of extending um, and building these new like housing areas or whatever, little towns and whatever, that sort of stuff. Even that I can guarantee would make more sense if you live there again, because like I'd, I've never lived somewhere. I've never like where I live, where I've grown up. I can, I've never had to go through like I, no random company has ever brought out like a random forest area near me and like we've had a big uproar over like stuff being built there and all this sort of stuff like obviously you hear about it but I've, i don't have the experience to, for, for what that is so even like these sorts of elements and plot points i don't particularly have anything strong to gr- grab onto of than the, the the base premise of it you know and i can guarantee even the, the idea of that would change country to country and like how people deal with it because it would depend on the government so like how did the japanese government handle when they were pushing at the time to like build these new things like what how did the people in japan feel about it at the time that might be different to people in america or europe who would go through similar sorts of things but the governments there would handle it differently and the people in those places would that think about it differently so this movie's been made for japan or japanese audience obviously so um 
it's just yeah and I, I definitely feel like i'm not like oh this movie's terrible for this reason a lot of my faults for this movie is i'm like i just don't fully understand and grasp everything that this movie is trying to show me i can enjoy it from a base level and that's i can't grab onto any of these other threads strongly you know and it's 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 quite annoying honestly in, in on some level where you're like why can't i just understand understand this stuff more. Like I have to fucking look up all this other sort of stuff. But I guess that's no different than if a super American movie went to Japan. You're like, well, I don't understand. Yeah. All this sort of stuff. Super Australian movie goes there. They're like, Crocodile Dundee's great, and I'm like, Crocodile Dundee's a terrible movie. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> that is our like flagship thing over here. Please. Um. So aside from the environmental thing, which is very on the nose. And then I wrote the Japanese culture and like sharing, um, sharing the world as like a theme there, um, learning to live in harmony. Was there any other like sort of themes or comments you have on those or any that I, or another theme that you thought was present, Ash? I feel, I guess the like pacifism versus like violence thing. Like obviously Gonto is constantly wanting to say like we need to if we want to survive we have to kill the enemies whereas a lot of the other people are trying to find a way to work together and like get making buddhist work together in like cults past like trying to to like coexist and that kind of stuff but yeah i guess that's the other major thing that springs to mind i took from it the um the teaching of you needing to adapt to survive to change that those who oppose change generally are wiped out by the change or are greatly the most affected by it. Um, just because that's kind of the moral of this story is that the raccoons either need to change how they live or if they have this shape-shifting ability, they can uh, go and become humans and live as part of their world as the foxes had. Mm. The foxes is an interesting part because they, they are literally just like, look, this is what we do now, you know? Rolled up because they, they they weren't like oh it's normal foxes they were like special white foxes or silver foxes or something weren't they They're like silver oh the special silver foxes yeah. were like we're all wiped out but um those of us that remain now are, are sly foxes <laughs> living in the, the the real world yeah so you guys need to um, become sly raccoons sly raccoons got him um and then I have to point out also that I feel like a strong theme for this movie was um. Big balls. <laughs> oh, any, any time they could draw them, they were there, boys. They were. I mean, at the start of the film, I was like, oh, that's a weird artistic choice to have <laughs> such prominent, like, bits of fur Testicles? there. <laughs> Actually, isn't mine. And then when the old elder is, they're all sitting on the carpet, he's like, guys, you're all sitting on my testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they at the end they like stretch out his testicles and turn it into a boat basically? Yes, fly off? that's 100%. the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the role that testicles play in this film is kind they of crazy. The, they use there as their primary weapon in their like kamikaze final battle is their giant engorged testicles smacking them. With <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I mean, crazy. You can't say if. You can't say you've ever seen that before. I'll give that movie. <laughs> that is yes, something I've never seen before, for sure. Um, and before let's we move, move on, to, I just want to yeah, say no. on the environmental thing, it's interesting. Yeah, this obviously comes out nineteen ninety four. Uh, yeah, two similar films come out like the couple of years before Fern Tree Gully, The Last Rainforest, that comes out 
1992. That's the one with like the fairies and stuff uh, who shrink accidentally shrink down like a logger and mm-hmm. th- and they have adventures and that kind of thing. And then there's uh, Once Upon the Forest, which came out in 1993, which was about like a bunch of small kids, small animal children trying to find some cure for their uh, friend who got poisoned by chemical fumes. So. Are you trying to say that Studio Ghibli made this movie in like one year? No, I mean, one of these? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that in three successive years, there's three animated films with big I think it could it environmental just be because at the, at the time have no it was effect a, in helping environmentalism going forward. Because <laughs> saying that, I think it just means that at the time, what, this was a thing around the world, I guess. Deforestation yeah. was a lot bigger than as a bigger and newer problem. Um, I, you did remind me, I did think about in the first 30 minutes of the movie, I did go, oh, this is the Japanese version of Firm Tree Gully. Like, yeah. just not saying it's plagiarized, but this is what their kind of culture has for the similar kind of uh, view and teaching, yeah. which is, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there's no fairies, there's tanukis. They're basically the same. Just got I mean, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to replace fairies the wing. fly. <laughs> replace the wings with <laughs> testicles. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, <laughs> Ash, what was your favorite character and or moment from this movie and why? Uh, I think it was uh, Fireball Aruku or Granny, as she's called throughout the film. She makes a hell of an interest at the start of the film, uh, pretty much debrating everybody for fighting, <laughs> which I thought was a great introduction. Telling everybody that they're all going to lose and they all suck and why are they fighting with a, while beating a drum. <laughs> great. Yeah. She proves to be the voice of reason throughout the entire film. Yeah, even when the um, the other three show up, and then she, she kind of gets sidetracked for like the last half an hour, yeah. I guess, until she comes back there. Until she puts her foot down and says, "Hey, humans!" But then that doesn't do anything either. Does, <laughs> does absolutely nothing. That did. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, Karen, how are you? Um. I was going to say the testicle carpet, but it, as it's already been said, I'll go to my other one, um, which is the moment where up until that point we'd been, the raccoons have been learning how to like fit it, how to like blend in with society, how to really make themselves look like the Japanese people. And then you've got like these three master shapeshifters come in as these like gaudy looking old men that are so out there and different. And just that, their introduction was really <laughs> interesting and just like, the extent of their power was really fun to see. Okay, so this this guy's kind of beyond, um, goes beyond that. And even like the flying cat section where they steal the hundred million um, <laughs> by like the, yeah the park owner yeah from the park owner. I thought yeah they're both really fun. It's funny like again how, they don't do when it started. No, they don't. It's funny when it started. It was like oh we got like. Uh, you're going to be able to transform into humans. That's the power. But then by the end of the movie, it's like, no, nah, we just got magic. Just got, we just got fucking no, magic. No, they est- kind of established they could transform into pretty much anything. Yeah. But they could But, but at body. the end, they're like projecting their transformation elsewhere, which I guess is the bit that too. I was <laughs> The bit that I was most confused about was the section where the guy pulled, like flexed his muscle and then pulled a ball out of his muscle. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. is that your muscle? Did you just... What what's gone there? What's happened there? Do you need to put that back? Are you okay? Like it was just very. Okay. Were any of the kids real, or were they just figments of their imagination? <laughs> <laughs> no, they they needed they needed food, so I assume they were. Oh damn! Fuck. Um, my favorite moment because I just it made me laugh was the two dudes 
just sitting there obliviously talking shit while they were like drunk or whatever when they were doing the whole parade of yeah. monsters and all that sort of stuff. I found that quite funny because I thought there was a point where it had been going on for like two minutes <laughs> and I was like, well, it's still really going with this bit. And I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him props for it because I feel like any other animated movie would have been like a quick twenty second joke with these two like drunk dudes or whatever. But this movie, they're like, nah, we're no, with them for yeah. like five minutes. <laughs> that, that's that's one of those examples where the joke starts to wane, but then it keeps going, so it gets funnier again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the point. Like it started to wane. I was like, wow, they're really going with this, and they they picked back up. And I was like, okay, you know what? I am actually finding this funny. Keep going. <laughs> you two oblivious dudes. Um, yeah. So, but, and I think that also points out another thing, which is why I don't super like grab onto this movie, which is that at the end of the movie, my favorite moment is these two random dudes. And that's because there's so many characters and none of them ever, like, I felt like I ever got to know any of them enough to be like, that's this character also, or that's this character, you know? It also feels like at the end of the movie, when they were in the writing room, they wrote four different possible endings for this movie. And then they're like, which ones are we cutting? Let's not cut them. Let's have all four endings be part of this one ending of this movie. Because there's like the there's like the death of the the more like the, the old aggressive nine hundred dude dude yeah like he died there was the ones that decided to become raccoon to become humans there was the ones that just turned into normal uh, that just kind of continued living their lives there was the the peace monger ones that floated down the river on that boat with gold and treasure and everything which I presume have died because eventually they drowned <laughs> because I was like literally waiting for that to become a comical moment with the boat to disappear and them all to just drown in that river where I was like okay I don't know if that sure. would be as funny as maybe you maybe you're thinking saying it, it would be, be. Yeah. <laughs> well I don't know if comical is the right word but yeah I don't I don't yeah it was just very weird yeah. Um, final thoughts. Any, any, anything that's come up while I've been recording that uh, someone said before to miss? Yeah, it's a weird one. <laughs> uh, but uh, shout out during the uh, like the parade, like as they're setting up for the parade, you can see uh, like Kiki and Totoro and a few other Ghibli characters in the background. Pixar, Pixar X uh, Easter eggs. Pixar before Pixar. Yeah, Pixar before Pixar. Easter eggs. Damn we'll right. say this is going to be a random. This is nothing. Nothing really to do with the show. It kind of is. Thanks to this show, I like recognized a, a a reference to Totoro during Persona Five while I was playing it recently that I was quite impressed with about cat buses. I was like, man, thanks, thanks, animated wonders. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, animated wonders. <laughs> uh, so that's it. This is animated wonder number eight, Pompoko. Let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter. You can find all of our Twitters by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week's film is Whisper of the Heart. So um, I don't know anything about it. It sounds like something that's going to make me cry just by a title, but we'll find out if that's true or not next week. So make sure to come back next week to hear all about that. And until then, bye.